Welcome to Tomlin's Harmonica Podcast. I'm your host, Tomlin, and this is the place to be for a variety of harmonica-related content, including interviews, lessons, and discussions about all aspects of harmonica playing. This podcast is brought to you by the Tomlin Harmonica School, where I provide a step-by-step curriculum for beginners to advanced intermediate players, as well as personalized feedback and all the resources you need to get better at blues harmonica. Go to TomlinHarmonicaSchool.com to get your first month for $1 using the promo code PODCAST. This week's guest is a fantastic multi-instrumentalist from Byron Bay, Australia. He plays up to six instruments simultaneously, including drums, percussion, guitar, and of course, harmonica. And sometimes he even does this while juggling. He is the inimitable Jazzy Smith. How are you doing today, Jazzy? Yeah, I'm really well. Lovely to hang out with you, Tomlin. Oh, and, and you, I'm, I'm so pleased. Uh, when, I, when I started doing the podcast and started asking people who they wanted me to get on, your name came up time and time again. So I, I'm very excited that, that you're doing this. Nice. <laughs> uh, so for, for people who, who don't know uh, kind of where you're from and, and, and all that kind of stuff, will you just give us a little bit of a, a background? Wow. Well, I was brought up in Canberra and that's where I started playing music because when I was 13, I fell in love with the blues and I was playing guitar and my guitar teacher played harmonica as well. And he taught me these great things about harmonica that if you use your ears, you can find the notes. And yeah, he was a really good teacher. He really made learning fun Mm -hmm. and made my ears expand so I could just learn any instrument, you know, really once you sort of understand music. But then when I was about 18, I moved up this way, up north, where I still live now. It's very beautiful up here. I don't know if you've ever been to Canberra, anyone, but Canberra's nice for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a nice, I like surfing, so it's really lovely up here. And um, since I moved up here, I have a family, and when I became a father, I became a one-man band. I was always sort of like a one-man band because I was always teaching music from the age of 16. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, you might know what it's like. You're sort of teaching someone a harmonica groove, but then you want to put backing behind it. So you're playing guitar and you're teaching them the harmonica at the same time and they're, they're trying to learn it. And it's really a great way to get coordinated without knowing that you're getting coordinated. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm so impressed because I, I, I do know exactly what it's like, but I never, I never made that step. I always just used a loop, loop pedal for the guitar because I, I couldn't concentrate on guitar and harmonica simultaneously. And then I watch you and I'm just like, wow, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? <laughs> How does that even start? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was handy doing it from an early age, not thinking, just having to do it. Yeah. I don't know if that pedals back then. That was a while back. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. And uh, I, I, I'm going to bring this back into kind of current time context because, I mean, you, you normally tour around quite a lot, don't you? Um, yeah, playing. I think, yeah. And so how, yeah. how have you dealt with the last uh, six months? Well, it was interesting because I was really feeling like having a break. Okay. So I think I'm responsible for what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> You're to blame. <laughs> so yeah i was actually going oh it'd be so nice to have like you know just some time just to chill out and rest because touring is quite tiring because you're always changing time zones if you're going overseas and um yeah and i just really wanted to have some more time in the studio and just more time gardening simple things like that more time with the family and it, it all happened yeah so this is 
how it is at the moment. <laughs> it's a bit, a bit weird because now it's like I think I'm ready to start touring again. Yeah, there, there's sort of, a, there's an itchiness, isn't there? You're kind of like I've not played in front of people for a while. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's sort of like nerve wracking. Going, how do you do that again? Yeah, so but, I, I'd been watching my YouTube's going. Yeah, I'm okay. I think I'll just have to do it like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. So you, you've been you've been doing some gardening and, and and getting out into nature. But have you been working on any new kind of musical projects during during the lockdown? Yeah. Well, while the lockdown was on, I was mixing because I had all these great live recordings from last year. So I mixed seventeen because I have my own studio at home. And that was a real big project because I don't know if you ever mixed music, but you got to get right into every every instrument and fit them all together and make sure they all balanced. And that was really fun. Great, great um, project because I learned so much about my own sound. But yeah, I released that. So that was a live album that I released in June. And yeah, I was just really stoked with how it all came together. And just the recordings were amazing. So it was surprising to hear yourself and go, wow, I think I've got myself sounded pretty good very cool that's awesome um i will yeah. link that up in the show notes uh, for for people who want to to check out the album because uh, it's uh, it'll definitely be worth worth listening to um yeah. so uh, you, you've started playing a little bit uh, you're doing some gigs now aren't you uh now that things are easing yeah i had to change tours a couple of times because they keep closing the border here and that means we can't go to do shows and it's like so frustrating yeah so I put a lot of my shows back to next year, but yeah, it's opened up again. So we're going to start up tour, just doing small little tours, mm -hmm. local little ones, but it's going to be fun. Can't wait. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, all right. So I, I want to go, go back in time a little bit and, uh, and kind of get a little bit more of the, the origin story. Uh, Cause you, you say that you started playing when you were 13. Uh, did you come from a, a musical family or was it just something that, that came to you? Yeah, my mum was really musical. She was more like reading music, but from a young age, she was sort of forced into music. So mm -hmm. it was a different approach to music. And I'm the youngest of four children and parents sort of pushed all of us kids into music, except for me, <laughs> which is amazing because I was the youngest and they'd sort of given up on the other kids because they, I think the fact that they got pushed into trying to learn something, they didn't really want to do it. And the teachers weren't so passionate mm -hmm. about teaching. So it sort of, didn't make music joyful for him. Whereas for me, I just listened to Mum Loved Elvis and I went, wow, this is cool. <laughs> and then I used to listen to, I watched this TV uh, series, I can't remember what it was, but it was about Elvis being young and going to all the blues, sneaking up to the blues juke joints. And nice. I just went, wow, this is cool music, you know? So then I started listening to who Elvis listened to and I was just fascinated with the blues. And then I got a great guitar teacher and then, when I was 17, I joined, or 16, I joined this amazing blues band up here because there's not many great harmonica players and and I was I was pretty good at that age and I was getting snuck into all these venues because <laughs> they were a blues band playing all professional gigs and I was just only the young harmonica player that, you know, had to be snuck in the back to get in. Um, and it was an amazing learning curve because mm -hmm. they were so, so great and really they just gave me heaps of cool music to listen to. And I just, I just remember when I got my license, I used to drive everywhere with my harmonica. Uh -huh. and I don't know if it's illegal, but I used to play everywhere I drove. Yeah. Oh man. I, I have so many students who, who say, Oh yeah, I always practice when I'm, I'm on the commute to work. And it's like, 
I can't I can't condone this. I'm really happy that you're practicing, but <laughs> you know, driving one-handed, it's it can't it can't be a good idea. Uh, but then, you know, I, I come from a, a country where we're much more densely packed in. So you, you kind of need to, you know, you don't have those long stretches of uh, of road where you're driving without coming across other people. So maybe it's it's different in, in Australia and parts of the States. But Yeah, some of our drives are like 10 hours long. So it's like I need something to keep yeah. me going. <laughs> That's and good practice time. You feel that in your lips. Yeah. <laughs> so long as you're not, you know, playing harmonica and juggling and doing the drums while you're driving, just <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, just harmonica. Yeah, yeah, I don't do it anymore, but yeah, I still remember that. I just was so in love with the instrument. It's awesome. That's very cool. And 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 what kind of um, harmonica players got got you excited? Um, what, kind of in the early days, what what records were you listening to? Um, probably the main one was Little Walter. Because um, I remember hearing the song Duke, and my guitar teacher said, "All right, see if you can work out the first line." I was like, "Do do do da da," and I thought it was just three notes. I went do do da da, and he said, "No, no, it's how many notes? It's do 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 da da." And I was like, "Man, there's a lot of notes in that line," and it just made my ears open to wow. And then he used to get me to learn and play back the whole song, and it took me a while to work it out, but it was such a great way of learning. Oh all of what's in these songs. I went, wow. And then, you know, once you can train yourself, you can learn from everyone. So acoustic, I love Sonny Terry. He had a great style. Mm. Yet um, just this uniquely amazing way of using his voice and tongue. And yeah, it was very impressive. Nice. There were so many like Alan Wolf. There was Big Walter. He was cool as too. And um, Sonny Boy Williamson, he was amazing. And yeah, those guys were probably my main ones. Very cool. I, I like that you, um, you've you taken all those influences and I, I can hear, I can definitely hear a lot of things like Sonny Terry and, and, and that kind of very rhythmic country blues thing. But, yeah. but you've, not, you've not just done the revivalist, you know, I, I'm going to play like they played in the 50s and 60s. You've, you've done your own thing with it, which is, is very, very cool. Um, how, how did that first kind of start happening how did you start discovering your your own voice um i used to listen to other plays like i didn't listen just harmonica i listened to a lot of saxophone and trumpet players and that was really cool for you know finding lines so mm-hmm. i had this um technique where i'd hear hear a cool line then i'd try and sing it because if you could sing it you knew the notes and then when you you, you sing it then you try and find those notes that you're singing and sometimes the harmonica, you got to do a lot of bending to get those notes. Yeah. <laughs> it was really tricky because you got to be really refined on just making it sound sweet. And, um, but yeah, and, and sometimes like trumpet players, they have a really beautiful sound. I try and sound like a trumpet on the harmonica. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool fun. Yeah. yeah. But, um, and I think just, I think I got more, more my own sound when <clears throat> uh, you hear like people like, I really enjoyed Moby when he first had that play album mm. and it had like blues music, but just like it was dance music and it was just repeated grooves. And I was like, man, this is like such a cool way to mix blues into dance. And and I just listen to things and just make up my own sort of, because if you can say something that you like, you can play it, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I just I just hum cool lines again. I wonder if I can play that on the harmonica and, so I wasn't really playing just stuff on harmonica. I'd sort of be singing stuff going, that's awesome. And then 
And then I just, if I could work out those notes, I go, that's cool. And then I put some chords under and go, that's super cool. (laughs) And someone like Moby, they're just playing the same thing and just moving the chords underneath it. And it's like, man, that sounds awesome. Yeah. So simple, but really, really effective. Yeah, I I, I really like that approach. It, uh, yeah, it, it, it kind of... It, it liberates you, doesn't it? You know, you, you don't have to have this kind of incredibly complex harmonic structure underneath you. Um, if you just kind of think about groove and layering things, and then yeah, may, maybe shifting the the chord support underneath to to change how things sound. But yeah, you can get get a lot of mileage out of that. Definitely, um, very yeah. very cool. So I, I read that you you did kind of start playing in bands. And then, then you kind of transitioned into the the one man band thing. Uh, how did how did that happen? And and you know why did you why did you make that choice? Um, I, I was in bands a lot actually. I had great bands and had an amazing time. It just got tricky because when I became a father, late nights aren't really an option, mm-hmm. you know, because you're waking up so early, you know, four or five in the morning. Yeah. It was like <laughs> much. so. Then I went. Oh, I've just got to. Um, put all my talents together. I was, you know, pretty good on guitar and I had all these skills, my feet. So I just used to use a suitcase actually when I first started to kick as a drum. Nice. And I had a tambourine, I think it was, that was all on my right foot. And um, yeah, I went, I can just go to the markets, local markets and just turn up and cut, you know, a few CDs of my music and see if they sell. And it was amazing. Like the response from word go, (laughs) like, First time I took 10 CDs out and man, I sold them in half an hour. And that was like $20 each. I just made $200 in half an hour. Damn, that's better than doing a whole gig, traveling three hours away, you know, and then, you know, coming home so tired and then going, I made $150. Yeah. (laughs) So I went, maybe I can become a musician and support my family. This is awesome. Yeah. Uh, So that's how it's that's brilliant and uh i i i remember uh so i i started out busking and then went into bands so i kind of did it did it the other way around but i, I remember kind of the first time going out and uh well you've you've played in edinburgh i've seen i've seen videos of you playing on the royal mile i i, I used to busk on the royal mile every day and awesome. just that that thing of wow i made like 20 20 pounds which you know, it's it's not really enough to sustain much of anything at all. But you know, I, I was 23 and uh, still, you know, just just graduated, and it didn't really matter that you know I didn't have many responsibilities at that stage. I was like, this is amazing. This is the best thing ever. It's great. You feel quite um, liberated because you know you, you've taken control of your own destiny. You know, you go out and play, you make money. It's amazing and just and you get that connection with people, which is beautiful, you know. People stop and they smile and kids, oh, sometimes they can just be the most joyful things ever. Yeah. Just dancing around you and just free and it's like, it just brings everyone together. It's magic, magic thing. Definitely. I couldn't agree more. Uh, I, I saw that, that you, um, well, I, I think that we're probably quite simpatico on this front that you uh, love playing in venues that are kind of less focused on drinking and, and more kind of family friendly. Um, I, I was wondering kind of what, what the, the best places you've found, uh, kind of what kind of countries have been really good for that, that kind of all-inclusive um, environment? Um, I did a really cool little little tour through England over there. Uh-huh. Like I land in Edinburgh and then I drove south to South Wales and 
just people put on gigs for me, like in halls. Mm-hmm. And man, that was so special because everyone, it was packed. Like you'd have 150 people or something in these tiny halls and these tiny venues where there was just no room for anyone to move. <laughs> but no one made a noise, you know. You could, I could hear myself breathing, you know, things wow. like that. You could hear someone walk into the toilet if they had to go. It was really beautiful. Yeah, so awesome over there. You guys are great. And um, Germany, Germany's awesome. Australia's great. Like I really like doing ticketed shows because people, when they buy tickets, they, they're they more to come to the show. So it can be on and off mm-hmm. depending on the venue, but yeah. good, good music venues, they usually, you know, that's just the way people go, okay, we paid, we want to see a great show. And nice. Yeah, so. How do you find the the kind of, the transition between doing a show to a, you know an audience that are staying to watch you for the whole duration versus playing on the street where people you know walk past and stop and watch and then carry on walking uh, it's, it's a different vibe isn't it it's totally different yeah like on the street it's a different art because you want to draw people in real quick have some fun and within 10 15 minutes maybe know that they've got to move on so you want to just say, hey, I've got a CD if you want to take this music with you. And um, and people, if they really dig what you do, quite often would back then when CDs were selling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so you'd have these short shows. And when you do just more intimate songs, people don't really stop. It's mm-hmm. more captivating people. And when you do shows, you know, ticketed venues, you can do those songs and tell stories and people are there and you can just blow them away with the intimate beauty of a song yeah definitely well yeah, I, I, i've seen some some great performances up on uh, on on youtube of, of you playing and i i love i love when you you introduce the band uh, i think that that's that's one of the best best things ever uh and for, for people who haven't seen juzzy play um Jazzy plays by himself, so introducing the band is is going through all the all the limbs and you know rhythm section and harmonica and uh, and everything, and it's it's so much fun. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I really really love that. Yeah, I just noticed there was in, when I was in Germany. Um, was that last year? The year before two thousand eighteen. Yeah, that was. I had such a great time there. What a cool cool bunch of people they are. But yeah, someone filmed my one-man band there. That that one sort of went a bit viral yeah. on YouTube. I think it's four or five million views, and but that was a good one. I I look at that back and go, man, I was onto it because you know? <laughs> I'm just, you know, I don't really have a set way of doing things. I just just sort of know what I'm gonna share. But they were so they were so into it. Yeah, it was just so fun and easy. Yeah, so it was it was a cool, cool gig. But I think that's people respond to that. You know, the reason people love that video is because it, it's clear that it, it's natural and free. And you know, you, you see some some bands that are kind of just so stage managed, and you know that you know that, that it looks exactly the same every single time they play. And that, that, there's something quite cool about that in its own way. But but when you see someone who's just kind of loose and relaxed and and totally in charge of of the performance. And doing what they feel in the moment, that's really special. It's very true, yeah. And that's sort of been good for me, but also tricky because I'm always just playing the same song but differently uh-huh. all the time. So I don't, I've only got a few songs to try to know how to lock them in uh-huh. exactly the same. The rest of the time, I'm sort of winging it a lot. Yeah. It can be quite tricky because I've had 
actually on the Royal Mile, I did this song and someone filmed it on an iPhone. And that was still the most viral video I've ever had. That went to some like 80 million people. And um, that was just crazy because mm. I was just mixing two songs together because it was a Royal Mile for Edinburgh Fringe Festival. But you're, you're there for 30 days yeah. playing most of the day every day. And I just remember going, I've only got one guitar here. Yeah. I'm just going to have to make songs and just put mix things together. And anyway, this one song just I mixed together and went really well. And someone filmed it, put it on their YouTube, and then other people grabbed it. And then eight years later, it went viral. Like someone posted it and said, wow, check this out. And I was like, wow. And then people say, oh, can you record that? And it's like, not really. It's like spontaneous. <laughs> you know? like, I can't capture that same thing. Yeah. It's tricky. Yeah. Yeah, I can do a version, but not the same. It's like that was special. But I, I think that that's that's very true to the tradition, you know, especially the blues tradition. You know, we we listen to Duke and we're like, wow, this is amazing. But then you listen to live versions of Duke, and it's not the same every single time. That was just the take that made it onto the record that we all know and love. And there's that amazing mistake in the second twelve bars. Uh, like in the, in the foot, like the first four bars, the one chord has some very weird kind of three beat, two beat, four beat long bars, and just like, what are we doing? And then it carries on as as it should, and but it's great because that that was the version that was the seminal version, and I like that. I like that things things are different each time. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> you, sometimes you do this gold stuff, you know. Yeah. You just go, wow! I hope someone filmed that. That was awesome. <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, I've got uh, I've got some questions uh, for for you from my students. Um, so these are going to be a little bit more kind of uh, technical on on how how you play and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So w one of my students is 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 a, a big fan, and, and they've got a, a foot tambourine, and uh, they're they're trying to improvise a kick drum with a suitcase, um, and they just wanted to know how you got started. Uh, doing foot percussion while playing harmonica and do you have any kind of good advice for someone looking to incorporate it into blue standards yeah yeah there's definitely ways of simplifying it so with your feet you don't really want to think about what you're doing because if you think about what you're doing you have three or four things open and you're just not going to go anywhere so you got to get your feet into a groove just a simple like if you you do the four on the floor like poof, poof, and the tambourine might be on the two on the floor, so you got that, you know, that's a real simple one. But then you might, with blues, you know, like you might be, um, the best way I'd say is to sort of just sing stuff, try and sing before you start playing an instrument because singing is a bit more less thinking and trying to find notes. But I'd recommend then just start simple with little melodies, like boo do 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 while you got the beat going, like, you know, start simple. Then you can try and find that on the guitar or harmonica or whatever it is you do. Or if you've got a guitar, you can strum. Just no one beat. Then you do the two. You can have a stop. Two. Find a ring of then you strum, you know. Yeah, uh, it's that thing of just keeping it really simple. And like I was just singing the same thing over and over then, so that could be what you might do on the harmonica, mm. or like I was saying before, just sing something 
and just be confident with what you're singing. Once you're confident with something like that, you can sing it over and be like, wow, this is quite groovy and I'm not even playing the harmonica. Then sort of I think it locks in your body and then you can apply it to the harmonica. Like, But the harmonica, as you know, like you just got to get comfortable with knowing how to get the notes because, mm. you know, like it's just especially when knitting that crack on, it's like yeah. trying to get it around. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite tricky definitely well yeah, so, so that that's the the, the next uh, question is is looking for any tips on rack playing that that you have yeah I, actually it was funny the other day i'm always mucking around even now like after all this time of doing it i realized my rack if you if you push it onto your chest so your chest comes out a bit but if it's just sitting out that puts all um pressure on your neck mm -hmm really it's uncomfortable because I um, have a microphone in mind, so it's quite heavy. But if you have the rack, I bent it so that it was bending and just all leaning on my chest. So that way it was taking all the weight to here okay. and just sitting there. It was amazing. It was like, wow, this is like not putting all this pressure on my neck. And I thought, oh, it's only taken me whatever, 20 years to work <laughs> that out. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, but I sort of just – lock it in there because it wants to you, you want it to be stable because mm -hmm. if it's all loose it's just going to be like Whoa. yeah and you don't want to do that when you're playing because you'll really get bad headaches and put your neck out so it's more like having your chest up uh -huh. and um because if you're doing that like the mic will be down there and just hurt your neck but if you have your chest up like the mic is there and then when you're seeing it's going to be seeing it so you want to find your sweet spot so it takes ages. I'm still trying to find my sweet spot. So, you know, cool. and different, different, everyone's got different shaped necks and heads and shoulders. So just sort of muck around with different holders and see what works for you. I think I've got a Lee Oscar holder. I thought, I thought that were pretty cool. Nice. Uh, just very, very quickly, I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt because um, we're not recording video. So I just want to describe the the, the position uh, that Jazzy had. Uh, basically, he was saying, don't uh, kind of bend your 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 head down and uh, kind of collapse into your chest to to play in the rack. Try and kind of keep a good kind of upright position uh, as much as possible. Obviously, there's going to be a bit of uh, bending forward because that's just the nature of the beast, isn't it? Yeah, it's true, you know, but never put up with a headache. They're not <laughs> worth it. No, definitely not. Um, so you, you, you said that you use a, a microphone uh, on your holder, and one of my students uh, said, how did he retrofit a vacuum cleaner attachment as a harmonica holder? Uh, I'm not sure you are using a vacuum cleaner attachment, but but tell, tell, us, tell us if you are. <laughs> now, the secret ingredient is called gaffer tape. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you can tape anything. Like when I first started, I used to have a bullet and I used to just hang it off the microphone and then I'd gaffer tape over it because it acts like a cupping effect. Mm -hmm. Like when you cup the harmonica, it changes the sound. So, for example, if I'm talking, it comes through like this, you know, it's like, and then you open your hand, it's a bit different sound, and you close it. And it's so to get that cupping sound, it's pretty cool because um, it just gives you that bluesy sort of effect. And, and also it stops feedback too, I found, like because all the other sounds coming from if you're playing on a stage, it stops all those sounds getting in because it's all in enclosed. But yeah, that's just, um, that's a cool mic. I don't know if you've heard of those, um, Ultimate 57. Uh, that's by Blows Me Away Productions. 
Yeah, great. <laughs> that's different. Man. That's a small one, hey. So this is the um, the Butterfield mic, but it's still done by uh, the guy who does the Ultimate Fifty Seven. Um, yeah, I think great, it's a yeah. five four five. If we're gonna get super nerdy. <laughs> oh man, I gotta get some more. Like I've got three of those Ultimate Fifty Seven because I love them so yeah. much. <laughs> they, yeah, they are brilliant. Um, very cool. So, um, uh, someone else was asking about, uh, your awesome beatboxing and harmonica tutorial, um, that, that you did on YouTube, uh, which, uh, which he said is, is the best that he found. And was just wondering if you have plans on doing some, uh, some more educational content on YouTube. Yeah, right. That's interesting. Cause I, I, the more I've been at home, I really love teaching cause I taught for 10 years and I love teaching. And I think just having this break, I've realized that, you know, it's definitely something I want to do. And it's just, um, and my son, I was just talking to him today because he's really good with, you know, videoing and doing the technical side of things where I'm a bit slow. And um, yeah, it's like, we are just talking about that today. So I think definitely, you know, because I want to just share as much as I can because I sort of play everything I realize and I'm pretty coordinated so it's amazing ability to be able to play piano play harmonica sing and do beats at the same time that's a whole cool sound too and um so just and to me it's like this is easy I can totally show <laughs> anyone how to do this you know and if you've got a family of three or four then you can all just do one instrument each and then just swap it around brilliant so I'd love to do yeah. Well, I mean that, that 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 will make a lot of people happy because because other other people were asking if you would they they've listed specific songs that they want tutorials on so uh, there there is a, a definite demand. Um, yeah, nice. <laughs> I was in South Africa when I did that beatbox tutorial because someone said, "Man, I just really need some hints on what you're doing." I said, "All right, I'll do a tutorial. I'm just in the hotel, so." <laughs> but I said the wrong harmonica. I said oh, this is on an E flat, yeah. low tone. But it was on an, a low F. All right. So people, yeah. So I would have confused them because I was listening later, going, "God, I'm kooky." <laughs> but um, yes. But that that's cool that people got a lot out of that. That's awesome. Love it. Very cool. Uh, you you said you were using a, a low F. Um, uh, another student wanted to know if if you recommend sticking to the lower key harmonicas for the kind of simultaneous rhythm and harmonica thing. Yeah, for me, the low tones are great for, you know, the cruisy songs, the, um, the beatbox, you know, they're just the, the, the BPM, sort of about 100 beats. But then you got the higher harmonicas there, so they, for me, feel a bit faster and they're just so different. But I love the low tone harmonicas. they just got such a cool groove. Mm. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, all right. I have one final uh, request uh, from one of my students, which is... Uh, it's it's quite a, quite a general one that I think we'll we'll all enjoy, which is uh, we, we'd love to have you share your insights into rhythm, groove, and timing. Okay, rhythm, groove, and timing. All right, <laughs> just so, just big ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. Well, you can look at it like yeah, see an African walking. You can just see how they walk, man. They've got rhythm. They've got this timing. They've got this groove happening, and it's just them walking. So you can tell that there's something going on there that they're being brought up with music. It's in their body. So I think that's so important to have music in your body. So say when you're walking along, you just, you know, you just feel, you just, that, that's your beat, your feet are your beat. You just got this. If you listen to music, just see if you can find some music with just good steady pace, like of your walking steps and just, you know, you go, wow, man. And then you can just tap 
you're while you're walking and you've got this timing and you just feel, you just sort of feel music. And for me, it's um, everything's about groove really and timing and feeling because it just puts it all together and just makes it feel natural. And you have to do it like with something like walking because that's natural for everyone. But then you have to think about it. A lot of people walk and if they walk past someone, they'll walk differently. They go, oh, and then, then they'll think, oh, I have to straighten my back. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> if you walk with a groove, you're probably not going to have any aches or pains because your whole body's sort of floppy and it's feeling lovely, you know. It's just like, yeah. Nice. So I think just simple things like that that you do every day, just walk with a groove, feel the time and, and you know, enjoy it. I think that 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 is perfect, perfect insight, and and it's a recurring theme that that I've had with every player and teacher I've spoken to. It's this work away from the instrument. It's you know kind of listening and feeling without actually necessarily playing an instrument. That that's so important for internalizing musicality. That's so true. Like I hardly have actually practiced maybe half an hour a day the most, but. When you think about it, you're walking and you when you're driving, you're whistling, you're humming. So you are actually practicing a lot more, just yeah. not with your instruments. And it's so cool, Definitely. you know, because you don't have to be sitting down having this guitar on your lap. And sometimes when you have only 15 minutes a day to play, it's like the most awesome thing ever because it's like, wow, this is such a treat. And you make the best little tune up. And I always have my iPhone with me so I can record stuff. That's cool. So I can listen back and go, oh, that was good. I'll turn that into a song. Brilliant. That's good too. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so, so much for, for spending some time with us today. It's been uh, a real treat. Uh, be before we say goodbye, um, where, where's the best place for people to find out what you're working on and, uh, and learn more about you? Um, so I post stuff on Instagram and um, Facebook. They're both linked. So that's probably the easiest one for me because, you know, I just pop it on there and it just goes to people. Cool. But um, YouTube, I'll be doing more on my YouTube channel soon. As you say, like with lessons and just, yeah, I just like to share it through all those avenues and probably those ones really. My website always has my tour dates and things like that. So nice. That's just amjuddysmith.com. Cool. Yeah. I'll link all that stuff up in the show notes. And actually, I've got got one more personal request. Is, is there any possibility of you uh, planning to come back to uh, Edinburgh at some point? Yeah, I really, really want to. I get asked a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like, can't wait, actually. So um, I was talking to a guy about maybe next year, but I'm not sure. You just never know with the current situation. Mm. Like. Yeah, we didn't even have planes flying overseas at the moment from Australia. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, it's a bit, bit tricky. But, um, yeah, so I'm sure I'll get there. Cool. Definitely. Well, hopefully we can uh, we can hook up and uh, maybe do a workshop or something here with, uh, with some of my students. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So you are based in Edinburgh? I am based in Edinburgh, yeah. Oh, that'd be so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for spending some time with me. Uh, I really appreciate it. And thank you for making the, the time difference thing work. Pe people who don't know what, what's going on right now, I'm in Scotland where it's 10 in the morning and Juzzy is in uh, Australia where it's seven something at night. And uh, it was kind of that oh, that small window where we could make it work. And, and we made it work, which yeah. is brilliant. <laughs> awesome. No, it's been a pleasure. Thanks. Awesome. Well, take care. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Yeah, thanks, mate. Cheers. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of my harmonica podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your podcast service of choice. And if you're ready to take your harmonica playing to the next level, then you should check out my online harmonica school over at tomlinharmonicaschool.com. Happy harping!